Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Mind your business only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Ryan Huang and Jason Dacey on Money FM 89.3. And on Mind Your Business today, we take a deeper look behind what makes some of our C suite leaders tick. And today, that person is from Land Lease. They are, of course, the property company behind malls like Jam, 3 and 3 at Somerset, Power Parade, and Pilebar Quarter. And this is someone who's worked his way up from being a project accountant nearly 20 years ago to now the top job at Land Lease Asia. And Jason, he's also someone who's a bit like you, well traveled. Yes, I think he's uh, got that connection to Australia, to Italy. Uh, he was born in the US, um, you know, he graduated down under as well before settling down in Asia, calling Singapore home. And because of that, he f- speaks fluent Italian English with an Aussie accent, I think, and, as well as Singlish. Yeah, Jason, you've worked in Singapore for a number of years. How's your Singlish? Oh, I speak English, can speak Singlish, also can, uh, no problem. Uh, <laughs> All bit, right, I'm almost a bit, there. I'm a bit, uh, a bit gapo <laughs> when it comes to uh, my life here, a bit passe, you know, when it comes to trying to speak not English. Bad, not here. bad, not bad. Well, our C-Sweet guest hangs out at Pekyo Market and orders his favourite coffee drink from a regular coffee store there, while his kids love its Milo dinosaur drink. So he's really, well, a Singaporean heart now, and he is a Singaporean PR, and he says his career-defining moment was when he moved to Singapore and Asia. Yeah, a bit like me, Ryan. I, I moved to Singapore in 2001. I've been a Singapore PR since 2005. I worked in Malaysia and Indonesia and India, but Singapore is number one in my heart. Mm. So I can completely relate to, uh, to Justin. So let's hear more from Justin Gabani. He is the CEO of Land Leased Asia. Good morning, Justin. Good morning. Good morning and thanks for having me on the program. Well, let's start the ball rolling with uh, something fun, uh, Justin. What uh, do you always order when you're at uh, your regular coffee shop in Singapore? And do you speak in Singlish as you make the order? <laughs> so my regular coffee shop's at uh, Pekio Market, which is sort of down the road. I usually go for a run or a morning walk and I order a, a Kopi Si Kosong Peng from Sun Song, Song Coffee at Pekio Market. And because I go there so frequently, they just see me and know what to make. So I don't have to order it that often, but yeah. Have you, the song thing. have you had it already so far this morning? I did. I went for a run and uh, had my usual coffee um, right. afterwards. Let's wind the clock back to 2011, Justin. So did you have a hard time understanding Singlish back then? And do you allow your kids to speak Singlish? My wife's Singaporean and we got married when we were still living down under. So I had a little bit of a preview in terms of Singlish and I'd also done been working with our business here in Asia since uh, back 2006, so a good five years before sort of moving up to, to Singapore. So I, I certainly had a preview, but I, um, I certainly got immersed in it when, when I moved here in, in 2011. Um, on your question about whether I allow my kids to, well, they go to, um, they go to local school, they go to St. Joseph's Junior, and so therefore you can't help them picking it up at school. But I'm always there to remind them that English is there to be spoken at certain times, but other times we need to focus on standard English as well. I completely relate to you, Justin. My daughter went to Tanjong Katong Primary School, strong Singlish accent uh, when she was there. She's been studying more recently in Australia. The Singlish accent has gone, but I think she can go back and forth when, you know, needing to. Uh, But I want to ask you, you know, while preparing for this interview, you mentioned that your 
career-defining moment was moving to Singapore and Asia. And I can completely relate to this, having moved to Singapore in 2001. Tell us about the experience of, of transitioning to, to life here in Singapore and uh, your career here. Uh, sure, it's a great question. I think look, the first thing was just moving away from, from head office. So Asia, uh, headquartered out of Singapore, is our, is our regional HQ for Asia, and we cover uh, four markets, Singapore, Malaysia, China, and Japan. And, and just being away from, from head office you know, allowed me in my various roles since moving to Asia just to spread my wings a bit more. It just gives you a bit more autonomy, a bit more freedom. And fortunately, the business in Asia, you know, has really been on a growth spurt since I moved here back in 2011. That probably started off in 2006 and it's just gone from strength to strength. So it's been in a, a good time to be in this part of the world. I think also when you look at the size of the market, you look at those just those four markets in Asia compared to Australia, GDP, population, doesn't matter what measure you look at, they're significantly bigger as an aggregate than they are um, Australia. So the size of the opportunity here in Asia is much bigger. And then finally, we're a small fish in a bigger pond, mm. uh, whereas, in, whereas in Australia, we're a big fish in a small pond. So that also gives a lot of opportunity for step growth in a lot of our markets where we're coming off a very low base. Yeah, Justin, you've had the chance to work through a few markets and of course, I'm sure they are all different in their own ways. What's been the experience so far, especially when you compare them, like the way people work, the culture that's different? For example, is it more hectic in Singapore when it comes to the pace of life? Look, I think Singapore is certainly more more hectic, but it's also a lot more organised, right? So I think there's a lot more efficiency. Travel times are shorter, you know, the weather's constantly constant and, you know, the infrastructure here makes, makes life quite easy, especially for a young family. So I think that allows a faster pace of, of work life. It's also very easy, apart from COVID, to travel in and out of, which which makes it a pleasure getting around around the region. In terms of the other big differences between um, you know Singapore, the region, and, and Australia, just the, the massive cultural differences across each of the markets. So no one market uh, the same. And and I learned that quite quickly in my first role when I moved to Asia uh, in the capital markets team. You know, raising money uh, across Asia, whether it was Japan, Korea, Malaysia, Singapore, China, every market. And culture has their own nuances and differences, and that was that was certainly a, uh, a fast track uh, learning journey to to assimilate with those cultures and, and how they did business. Yeah, I think uh, you're 100 percent right there, Justin. That you have to be very nuanced uh, um, when you are doing business across Asia. And you know, being a fellow Australian, I think the ease of doing business in Singapore is is a breath of fresh air when you compare it to some of the uh, regulations and some of the steps you have to, to go through in Australia. So how has that helped you uh, grow the business uh, with Lend-Lease Asia? I think, look, that's, you've hit the nail on the head. I think, um, you know, the, the, the regulators here and the government here are very, are very pro-business, very easy to work with, you know, whatever they say they do. Uh, and that gives us a lot of confidence to continue to invest in Singapore as a market. Out of our markets in Asia, uh, it is our largest market and, uh, and from a capital allocation uh, perspective, and will continue to be our largest market, you know, in the next five to, to ten years. We, you know, we see great value in the real estate market here in Singapore and great potential to continue to create great places mm. for this market. Um, we've had a long history here. Uh, we This year will mark 50 years in Singapore. You know, we started off building HDB flats uh, for the government back in 1973, done a variety of different things in Singapore, from life sciences to education, 
uh, to some of the malls you've mentioned, to more mixed-use developments, uh, and now a number of office buildings and, and, and integrated developments around the island. Right. Well, speaking with Justin Cabani, he is the CEO of Lendlease Asia. Uh, Justin, most people in Singapore will be familiar with malls under Lendlease, like Parkway Parade and PLQ. But there are actually many other parts of businesses or business, such as urban communities, luxury apartments and senior living properties. So how big is senior living now as part of the business? You've got projects in Australia and China. So where to next? Yeah, so Australia, we're the, we're the largest owner, operator, developer and manager of, of senior living in that market and uh, really picking up on that aging uh, dem- demographic. Uh, we then ventured into to China and have our first project, Ardell Gardens in, in Shanghai, uh, also picking up on the same demographic shift uh, in, that, in that market and also an under-catering for that senior living in China. There's also a big push from a government uh, policy standpoint. So, you know, at the moment, we, we will focus sort of growth on that on that market in, in China. Um, uh, we see that as having big, big potential. Um, you know, other things that we're doing around the region, luxury apartments. So in, you know, in Sydney, you know, we're doing some of the, the, the highest end apartments, one Circular Quay and one Sydney Harbour are some of our flagship projects uh, down there. And turning it back to Singapore, uh, a lot of people don't know, but we've delivered uh, 90%, over 90% of the uh, pharmaceutical life science facilities in, in twice on behalf of um, some very large global life science companies. And that's a, that's a real sweet spot for us, uh, both historically, but also going forward, especially with the growth in life sciences uh, post-COVID. It sounds like, uh, you know, you're keeping really busy with Lend-Lease Asia, but of course, sustainability is, is the big talking point at the moment, uh, global warming. So can you share with us your sustainability roadmap uh, with Lend-Lease Asia? Sure. So sustainability, look, it's something that's in Lend-Lease's DNA. We've been on that sustainability journey, uh, at, you know, for the 20 years I've been with Lend-Lease, if, if not earlier. Uh, we've put in place a roadmap and, and, and some clear targets, um, which I think are, are market-leading targets, uh, by 2025 to get to, to net zero and by 2040 to get to, to absolute zero. And a big roadmap of, of, how we, of how we do that. A lot of it's taking biodiesel um, or diesel off our, off our projects uh, and decarbonising our, our operations, taking away gas moving much more to 100% renewable electricity before 2030 and also working closely with the supply chain in terms of their carbon footprint and how they help us get to that 2040 zero carbon target. But um, more relatable, I think, to the man on the street, you know, we've been doing some interesting initiatives with waste, which uh, one that's ongoing at the moment, which I'd like to call out. And I think it's called it's, You Won't Believe It's Trash. Mm. And it's a, it's a sustainability effort going on, a, a bit of a competition we've been running across our malls about how we can turn trash into fashion and uh, you know we've run a bit of a competition and I think we're showcasing um, that around the four malls at the moment as part of an exhibit and that's that's really interesting just to see how how waste can uh, can turn to fashion. Justin, gosh, sounds like a lot on your plate these days. So how do you maintain that healthy work-life balance as CEO, right, when you've got to give your time to so many people, um, especially your family? Yeah, great question and I think it's a balance of, of time management, prioritisation, exercise and uh, and as you said, spending time with, with the family. So I, I try to get out every morning either for a run or a walk before my morning coffee and uh, just clear my head and, and, and plan for the day. I do, you know, run to a strict calendar or a diary and I make sure that some important events for my family or my kids, for example, that some of their sports, when I'm in town, I can I can take them to sports and when I'm available and that's, you know, they really appreciate 
appreciate that. And then uh, try to make sure that I'm at least home for dinner uh, two to three nights a, a week. You know, one great thing about Singapore is it, it's, it, you, you know, you, you work hard, play hard, and therefore there's always business dinners. But, um, but trying to prioritise the family and, and giving them that time is important as well. You really are singing from the same hymn sheet as me when it comes to, you know, exercise and spending time with the family, local food. Uh, my brother, actually, Joshua Dacey, he's a photographer and he's done work for Lend-Lease uh, across uh, Asia and, and uh, Australia as well. So there are connections between all of us. But when you would say, you know, you're a great leader, what advice would you give to young professionals aspiring to reach what you've done? I mean, what skills, qualities, experiences do you believe are essential for success in the corporate world? Great question. I think, you know, one thing is having a clear a clear goal or, or clear objectives. I think, you know, setting that out and whether they're short-term, medium-term, long-term, you know, working towards those objectives. And one thing I'm a big believer of, and you know, my dad brought me up with this philosophy, is just whatever those objectives are, giving it giving it your best shot. Um, if, you, if you've given it your best shot, whether it happens or it doesn't happen, um, at least, you know, you've, you've given it your best. And, and I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. And if something doesn't go your way and you've given it your best shot, it'll come back and you'll understand later on in life why it went that direction. Interesting uh, story on that was actually I, um, you know, I met my wife in Australia and at the time, that the same sort of month or year that I that I met my wife, I was given an opportunity in 2006 to move to to Singapore, and I decided to stay put in Australia at that point in time. And if I had had made that decision, it would have been a bit of a sliding doors, and you know probably wouldn't have met her because um, I would have moved here, and and she incidentally moved to Australia at the same time. So you know those are examples of where you know you might be thinking you're doing something, and something else for another reason comes up. You know the final thing is network and and always be outgoing and get to know people outside the business you're working in you can never have too many connections and understand what's happening in the external market as well as what's happening within your own business. What an interesting life you've had. You were born in the US, you moved to Italy when you were six, attended an Italian school and moved to Australia at the age of 12 and now living in Singapore. We'd really like to thank uh, Justin Gabani, Chief Executive Officer, Lend-Lease Asia, speaking lots of uh, wisdom today and maybe on the way now for his Kopio Kosong Peng uh, at his local food market. Thanks, and thanks for having me on the program this morning. Thank you, Justin. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.